Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the 22nd day of July 2016. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Another really good day of baseball has ended. Uh, interesting thing of a, well, let's just call it a narrative that has flipped, and that is James Shields came over from the Padres to the Chicago White Sox in an effort to shore up their rotation and make a big run for the postseason. Now, James Shields, his first few games with the uh, with the White Sox were absolutely grotesque. Was they were just horrible. And in his first game, his first game was on June eighth, and at the time. The, let's, see, let's see the standings at that point. June 8th, the White Sox were uh, three and a half games out of first. Now, they were sub-500, but the, they were basically you know, within striking distance. And the thought process was if they had Sale, Quintana, and Shields, and I encouraged them to make this deal, they had those players, you could look at this team and go like, hey, this is uh, this could they could make up the four games in the loss column to the Cleveland Indians. What nobody saw was Cleveland was going to play better than any team in baseball. They wound up going twenty four and twelve for a six six seven uh, winning percentage, which was the best winning percentage in baseball in that same stretch. And the White Sox were you know thoroughly mediocre seven and eighteen. But most importantly, the James Shields, his first game was an abject catastrophe. He had up seven runs in two innings. It was just, it was a disaster. And the, the next game, I've got his lineup here. Uh, his next game, he let up six runs in five innings. The next game, he let up eight runs in an inning and a third. It was just, it was a disaster. And the White Sox fell out of contention. And those first three starts were a mess. His next start, you know, three innings and five, uh, three runs and five innings, eh, not great. Not terrible, but not great. Well, his last few starts, his last five starts, including this last night in a rain-shortened game, his last five starts have been really good. I mean, he's pitched well. I mean, he's pitched deep in the games. He's He's been the pitcher that he was all those years, pitching with Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and San Diego. So, you know, he just, it may have been the yips. It may just have been the going back to the American League. Who knows? But the interesting thing is, is that now the White Sox are in a position where it would probably behoove them to try to flip him. To say, wait a minute, we can actually get something for him in a... Um, you know, in a season where there are a lot of teams that are in desperate need of starting pitching. And also remember, he can opt out of this contract after, 20, after the season. 
And if he goes on and plays well for a pennant contender, you know, it, you may not believe this after the first couple of starts of the White Sox, but he, it may behoove us. Hey, do you know what? I bet I could get a four-year deal, even though he'll be in his mid-30s. I don't want to give it to him, but then maybe he could. And with so many teams desperate for pitching, you know, I mean, the, the, the White Sox gave up Eric Johnson, who was, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Fernando Tatis is the good prospect they gave up for him. And the, you know, the young player they, that they, they sent off, uh, who's you know, only 18 years old. Well, what if you then flip James Shields for someone else's prospect down the way? So essentially you've traded Eric Johnson, who's not going to amount to much, and Fernando Tatis in exchange for another young player and a couple of starts by James Shields. It would behoove the White Sox to do something. I think they should clean house, quite frankly. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here in uh, Palo Alto and tell the White Sox what to do. But the fact of the matter is, you know, this is a team that I thought was going to be really good last year. In fact, I picked them to win the pennant last year. And it just hasn't worked out. There's some good players on this team. There's some good pieces on this team. They need a better outfield. They, you know, they rolled the dice with a couple players that didn't quite work. This Obreu is still a fine player. Tim Anderson is going to be a fine player. They need a couple of more you know, good, solid bats in their lineup. And I think the fact that they have Quintana and Sale and a couple other players who are good in their, in their bullpen, damn it, you know, trade away some of the veterans. You know, Carlos Rodon, if he's healthy, with Quintana and Sale, that's a good one, two, three punch. You know, David Robertson may be a luxury they may not be able to keep around for much longer. And with some teams in desperate need of, a, of, of bullpen help, did anyone mention the Giants? Then maybe someone like David Robertson and dangling someone like James Shields and dangling away some of the, the veteran hitters that they have. I don't know. Maybe a smart thing to do. They're not going to catch the Indians. And quite frankly... Robin Ventura has been there long enough. This is his fifth year. We have presidents four. And he's had some talent around him. And the only winning season he had was his first year. I mean, it may be time to sort of say, hey, maybe we need to make some changes with this team and go in the direction of this team. Dangle a couple of their pitchers, get a couple of the young players and flip them. And bring in a new manager. Who are you going to get to replace him? I don't know. But you know what? Sometimes you got to say, we're going to make a change. Maybe that's what they need to do. I like the White Sox. I do. I want to see the White Sox do well. I was hoping they would win this year. I, I picked them to win the, the pennant last year. And it would have been cool to see them win a pennant. But you know what? Uh, it's not going to happen. And they have to make some tough decisions. I know Robin Ventura is a beloved Chicago White Sox player and all this other stuff. But I don't really care right now. And if you're a White Sox fan, you shouldn't care either. The time has come to just say, hey, look it. Got to make a few changes here. And maybe, you know, it was a nice try with James Shields, but flip him while you can. 
flip them while you can. And and basically, you've swapped one young prospect for another, and James Shields had a couple of starts with you, and you look like, God, wasn't that weird? Yeah, he was a White Sox, wasn't it? Yeah, for about an hour. I'll tell you another thing that's weird, and I don't even know if you realize it's happening. When this season began, the National League was pretty easy to predict in this way. You knew there were going to be some good teams. Cubs, you knew were going to be good. Cardinals, Pirates, Nationals, Mets, Giants, Dodgers. We all knew those were going to be winning teams. And we also knew some teams were going to be crap. We knew the Phillies were going to be crap, and they've been crap. They got off to a nice start, now they're crap. We knew that the Atlanta Braves were going to be terrible. We knew the Brewers were going to be bad. We knew Cincinnati was going to be bad. We knew that the San Diego Padres were going to be bad. We knew the Colorado Rockies were going to be bad. And there were two teams in the neutral zone that were tough to figure out. Were the Marlins going to be good or bad? Were the Diamondbacks going to be good or bad? And I thought that they were kind of in that weird place where they were going to be neither good nor bad and therefore not be so bad that you could have a chance for a rebuild like the the Brewers and the Reds and those teams, but not really be a contender. Well, as it turned out, the, the Diamondbacks are really bad. They're bad, 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 bad. They're in last place in the NL West, and I didn't think they'd be worse than San Diego or Colorado, but here we are. But the other team is Miami. Have you stopped and looked to see what's going on with Miami? No, seriously. Take a look. They won today. Or, you know, okay, I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. It was, you know, they were they won when I'm recording this. And Ichiro got a couple more hits. They beat, um, who the hell did they beat? I believe I think they beat Philadelphia, right? Yeah, they beat the Philadelphia 9-3. to And Ichiro is now at 2,996 hits. And there you go. But do you want more importantly, they got Tom, is it, oh, God, why am I always mispronouncing his name? Tom Kohler. 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 Kohler? Kohler. Tom Kohler pitched well today, got the win. But more than that, the Marlins are currently a playoff team. Listen to me when I say that. They are currently a playoff team. They have, are, they are one of the wild card teams. And in fact, would have, uh, they are now tied in the loss column with Los Angeles. The playoffs started today. We're in late July. Saying that's not too stupid. In fact, that's something you have to say over and over again because it's the trade deadline. And teams are looking around to see, are we a contender? Are we not a contender? And if you're a non-contender, then you say, okay, we're going to trade our players away, like I just said for the Chicago White Sox. If you are a contender, you say, are we close? Are we within striking distance? And if we are, then maybe, just maybe, You try to make a move to put you in a better position. The Miami Marlins. If the playoffs started today, this would be the National League matchup. The Marlins would play Los Angeles in the wild card game. Meanwhile, the winner of that would play the Cubs 
in the division series. The Giants would play the Nationals. And so you'd have the winner of Dodgers-Marlins. Now think about this for a second. That means no St. Louis. That means no Mets. That means no Pirates. Three teams that I thought were, I thought the Pirates were going to be great this year. I thought the Mets were going to win their division. Other Cardinals are going to be right in. Of course, they still are. The Mets are only a game and a half out of a playoff spot. Cardinals are only one game. The Pirates are only three games. Okay? It's more than possible that those teams could have a hot August and leapfrog Miami and Los Angeles. I don't think leapfrogging Los Angeles is going to be as hard as people think, especially if they lose Clayton Kershaw. Yes, they've played winning ball recently. Yes, I know they've won you know six of the last ten and have actually closed in some ground on the Giants. But do you know what? Without Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers aren't going to win piddly-poo this year. Granted, they haven't won piddly-poo with them, but they've been at least division winners. I don't see that. With a Dodger team after a Clayton Kershawectomy. The Mets have gone through a ton of problems. And the Pirates and Cardinals, while the you know the Cardinals are on a, on a roll right now, so look out for them. The Pirates, a team I thought were going to be terrific this year, have had a little trouble getting on a big-time roll. They had a stretch where they picked, played wonderfully recently. They got him back into contention. And, again, I don't take them out of it. It could very well be, right now the wild card is Los Angeles versus Miami. It could very be St. Louis versus Pittsburgh before it's all said and before it's all done, and we know that. But Miami is still there. And Miami has a bunch of things going in its place. Besides Tom Kohler, they got freaking Jose Fernandez who's having another wonderful season. I'm a big Jose Fernandez fan. If you know me, and I know I do, you, you know that I'm a big fan of his. I like that he's fun. I like that he's flamboyant. I like that he has a sense of drama. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Look at the win-loss record. There's 11-4. and four. I like his ERA, 2.53. I also love the fact that he has an ERA plus of 157, and he has struck out 168 batters in 113 and two-thirds innings pitched. And that they have a good, maybe not a great pitching staff, but a good pitching staff filled with good pitchers. They brought in Fernando Rodney to help shore up a bullpen that they have that was you know, with A.J. Ramos. And the fact of the matter is that they have you know, Ichiro having a surprisingly good season. They have as good an outfield as you're going to have in, let me put it this way, statistically right now the weak link is Giancarlo Stanton. But when you take a look at Giancarlo Stanton, again, another one of my favorite players, you will take a look at his splits. Let's go to BaseballReference.com, greatest website in history, planet Earth. And, hey, look at this. He has, you know, he has played well over the last month. His power numbers are up. His batting average is up. His OPS is in the 900s over the last 28 days. You know, in the month of July, his OPS is over 1,000. And this is after two straight months where his OPS was under 700. In other words, even though statistically he's the weak link to their outfield, he's eaten up.
You know, you wonder if they went and acquired a first baseman to help shore up their their lineup a little bit, would they be in a position to make a great big run for it? Well, maybe they're already in the midst of doing it. The Miami Marlins are the exact kind of team that you should be freaking terrified of if they happen to make it to the postseason because they have no they went into the season with no expectations and they have a couple of big time players. Stanton, Fernandez, Ichiro. I'll throw in Christian Yelich as well. Hell, you could make a case for Marcelo Zuna. You have a bunch of players who are elite players who are completely under the radar. And imagine, just imagine in a year where we've had, it seemed like it was going to be a coronation for the Cubs, and you have several teams where, you know, the, the Rangers have never won a World Series. The Nationals franchise has never won a World Series. And the city of Washington has not had a World Championship since 1924. has had a pennant since 1933. The Mets need to get their identity taken, you know, to take the identity of New York. The Pirates haven't won since 1979, which was their last pennant. You have all these teams. The Astros have never won. The, you know, the Orioles, you have these, these teams that have had their managers who are looking to win their first title like Buck Showalter, like Joe Madden, like Dusty Baker. All these lifetimers. And in the middle of it, you have the Miami freaking Marlins, who, if they got into a short series, and you're facing Fernandez, and you're facing Kaler, you're facing some of these players in a short series... Kohler, not Kaler. I keep mispronouncing it. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Marlins snuck another title? Wouldn't it be something with all these teams looking to have the moment of their lifetime, the Cleveland Indians looking at the moment of their lifetime and have, of all franchises, the Marlins stumble Mr. Magoo-like into another World Series, with arguably the worst owner in baseball, Jeffrey Loria, being able to say, hey, I helped deliver two titles to Miami, aren't I great, in that weird ballpark. I want that weird ballpark in the postseason. It's the only ballpark currently in use. I think this is true. The only ballpark currently in use that has not seen a postseason game. Is that true? Red Sox, Orioles, no, no, Indians, and no, 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 Twins in 2010, no, no, Diamondbacks, Padres, Rockies, Giants, Dodgers, Reds, Brewers, no, 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 that's it! You heard me do a very scientific study. The Marlins Park, with a fish vinyl plate and that dumbass statue left field, it's the only ballpark to never see a game in October. I want that to change. And man, it would just be an absolute rug pull for a bunch of franchises and a bunch of fan bases who are expecting that this was going to be the year that they waited their whole life for. And to see the Marlins win, I'm just sick enough to want to see it. But I also, as I said in a previous podcast, I like it when my stars are champions. 
I want to see Jose Fernandez with a ring. I want to see Giancarlo Stanton with a ring. Ichiro has always been one of my favorite players. Get the man a ring. And to be able to get a third straight decade with a Marlins title would be just so bananas. And this weird franchise that's never won a division title, that by all accounts has been a catastrophe, that they would win three championships in three decades and have Loria, who's fleeced everyone along the way to have something to celebrate, I'm just twisted enough to want to see that happen. And do you know what? The way the season is unfolding right now and the way the Marlins are basically just sort of elbowing their way in and saying, hey, I know we're not supposed to be here at this level, but maybe we are. And I'm just sick enough to be enjoying that. Who won baseball today? Um... I mentioned Tom Kohler. He was great. And the Marlins went over the Philadelphia Phillies. Justin Turner hit two home runs. And the Dodgers went over the Nats. Uh, a couple of Red Sox. Stephen Wright with his eight strong innings. Dustin Pedroia going, uh, getting five hits. And the Red Sox clobbered Minnesota 13-2. Eugenius uh, Solarte, I just bluffed my way through that name. Had a great game for the Padres, but they lost to the Cardinals 6-5. Adam Eaton, 3-for-3 three three with the White Sox. The aforementioned White Sox. Uh, but they were defeated in a rain-shortened game to the Tigers. Andrew Kashner didn't let up a hit till the fifth. But the Cardinals wound up walking off winners. And James Shields, who I mentioned earlier, another player for the White Sox who they should consider flipping. He had a good night tonight, get, uh, going seven, uh, six innings in that rain-shortened game. So if you're keeping score at home, Stephen Wright, Dustin Pedroia, Tom Kohler, Justin Turner got full wops, half wops. Andrew Kastner, James Shields out of Eaton, and Yan Girith Solarte. Uh, go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 22nd day of July 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.